Still sniffing like a pig in a truffle field, welcome to Hand of Pod. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 200. <laughs> I almost said 400, then. To the 242nd, uh, not the 422nd episode of the Internet's Finest English Language Argentine Football Podcast. Um, I am over the cold that was just developing when we recorded last week. Uh, it was full blown over the weekend, and I'm now basically over it, but I still have quite a stuffed nose, so you may hear me sniffing in the background. Um, during tonight's episode. I apologise if that happens. I'm going to try and keep it down, but it might be difficult. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined, after that possibly too much information introduction for you, by Andres Bruckner. Hello. Um, well, uh, it's not 400-something episode, but I think that that we will... Uh, whether... Uh, uh, independently of, the, if, of if there is paid or free football next year... Uh, I think we, that will be paid, of course. That we will get to that number. Of <laughs> we'll see what my patience is like. Yes, that's uh, well. a few years away yet, but uh, we'll see. Um, we'll go over the results first of all from last weekend. Well, one of the results is from the previous weekend, but I'll just remind you, as we said last week already, um, that Vélez Sarsfield versus Defensivos DCL was played a week early due to a gig by. Who was it again? I've forgotten. Some uh, the, yes, at the Bell Stadium it was. Uh, sorry, for oh, Ciro, wasn't it? Yeah, Ciro, Ciro, Ciro Martinez was a former Los Piojos group, yes. Argentine group. So uh, they were playing at Bell Stadium on uh, Saturday. As a result yes. of which, Bell versus Defensivo Justicia was played a week earlier, a week and a half ago. Um, it finished two one to Defensivo Justicia. And then this weekend, just gone, we have had Arsenal one, Banfield three on Friday night. Um, and on Saturday, Estudiantes beat Colón 1-0 in La Plata. Um, Godoy Cruz beat Tigre 2-1 in Mendoza. Lanús beat Atletico Tucumán 1-0 in Lanús. Unión beat Tempele 2-1 in Unión, in Santa Fe. Um, and Huracán drew 1-1 with Racing, thus spoiling the otherwise perfect record of home teams um, on Saturday. Um Quilmes won Aldo CV nil on Sunday. Belgrano won Sarmiento 2. Independiente won San Lorenzo 2. Boca Juniors won Rosario Central 1. Atletico de Rafaela nil. Tacheres de Córdoba 1. Newell's Old Boys won River Plate nil on Sunday. Um, and on Monday we had Olimpo nil. Gimnasia de Prima La Plata nil. And Patronato de Paraná 3. San Martín de San Juan nil. Andres. Which one stood out for you? Well, it's uh, remarkable for, for to start with that, for example, Olimpo and Gimnasia was a terrible match, terrible, terrible match, awful match, but it was repeated by Deporte B uh, two, two times, twice. Uh, I don't know why, because it was 
it, if it wasn't the the poorest match, the the worst match in in the weekend, it, it hits the most. Uh, I think it was. It must have been one of the few that they were showing. Um, but yeah, they do make some mystifying decisions, Deport TV, on, on which games they're going to be showing again. Um, I think the big talking point of the weekend is probably the way, where we should start, and that was um, at uh, La Bombonera, where um, Teo Gutierrez reminded everybody what an enormous termo he is. For those of you who've not been listening for long enough to have heard the, the original explanation of termo, um, it basically means troll. Uh, <laughs> what did Teo do this week, Andres? This is actually, before we go into this, I'll just remind people that last week, before the match, in, he was in the news complaining about how his teammates weren't giving him enough chances to score. Yes. Well, th- th- those are things that you are expecting to happen because you're waiting to happen. Uh, because Teo Tierras, so identified with River, going to play at La Monera, haven't. He, he uh, after, uh, before he, he scored the, the equalizer, <coughs> he hasn't scored, scored uh, Boca any goal. That's incredible, also. Really? Uh, Okay. I, I heard. I I trust trusted the the commentator who said it was the first goal he scored to Boca. Huh. Um, yes, could be. Uh, as as while you look for that information, I say that it was uh, perfectly. Uh, it was understandable for for Teo Tires to do something like that because it's not the first time he does something like this. No, what what the uh, what he did in. In particular, was uh, after scoring. Yes. Uh, for context, it was a few minutes after Dario Benedetto had given Boca the lead. Teo was put completely clean through. He didn't really have to do anything at all. He was standing almost on the penalty spot, totally unmarked, and turned low finish. And then ran off towards the corner flag and drew a big diagonal sash on his uh, chest with his fingers uh, to remind all of the Boca fans. Obviously, worth bearing in mind, there were no away fans at this game. Um, so it was only Boca fans in the stadium and so he was reminding them who he used to play for basically um, and then well, all of Boca players came to push him to hit him to uh, say him he was an idiot and a well, lot of things uh, with, I, I know what Centurion did because he was he has uh, received this, the red card as, as as well as Teo but I, I noticed Tevez as the, the most uh, uh, nervous with that situation, the, the the one who wanted to to kick Theo because uh, he said uh, r- he he was right when he said that uh, when he did a, a gesture to the River fans when he played uh, for Copa Libertadores to twenty o four with no away fans uh, that is another coincidence he did like the chicken gesture mm. uh, and he has he was sent off by. Uh, or I forgot the name of the referee, Baldassi, I remember now. Yes, yeah. Um, and, well, he was right at that point because uh, you did something that could be called, like he's calling for violence, um, and he, he was sent off at that time. And before Theo uh, received the red card, he, he said this, and, well, then... Yeah, because he didn't actually get sent off for the celebration. He, sort of, he got sent off for the celebration, but only after, I think, play had restarted. And Teo got the ball again, and, and Centurion went in with a really hard tackle or something on him. I think. I I don't um, think. So. Well, could be. It was either that or it hadn't yet restarted, but it was sort of as they were walking back towards the the um, the centre circle. It was all very confusing. Um, 
But yeah, he didn't get sort of shown the red card as soon as he did the celebration. It took about three or four minutes probably in this big Because there was a lot of, of, of uh, talking between the players and, and pushing. Mm. Uh, and I think that that was the reason why the referee lasted a minute or two or three to, to get the cars and, and, and finally send off uh, uh, either Teo and um, Centurion. Mm. Uh, which was stupid for Boca because if uh, as as Guillermo said, I I agree with him also that if Boca players would have been uh, Aris, uh, that would have meant playing 70 minutes with uh, with 11 men against the 10 Rosario Central men, mm. with of course uh, one more man. Uh, this didn't didn't happen, and uh, that as a result, uh, Boca couldn't. Uh, uh, finished the game as they wanted. Uh, it was only one-one with not a very good performance. And some some people said that they played as if they were uh, you know on a away condition with <coughs> no uh, willing to to win that match. Yeah, um, it was a rather more interesting um, game. Not only for that. Uh, not not only for the red card, but certainly the red cards, sorry, plural, um, were the uh, the main talking point. But Boca hit the woodwork three times in the first half uh, through Tevez, yes. Pavon direct from a corner, and I think Benedetto was there. Um, Central had a penalty turned down. Uh, there were all sorts of things going on. It was um, it was wonderful. Um, it was you know in in the first half particularly, and then the second half was uh, was rather tighter you know the sense that both teams were happy enough with the draw uh, going into the last 20 minutes but um it was the main talking point as we say of the weekend was there um on sunday night river were well outplayed by newells i thought um newells got a bit lucky with the penalty decision i didn't think it was a penalty uh, but i do think that the final score of one nil was justified on the balance of play if that yes. makes sense um, there, there were uh, uh, several problems in, ter- in uh, related to penalties, if awarded or not. If 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 it was justified to, to have been awarded or not because of the hand, how the player held uh, the, their hands, uh, position of their hands. If it was open, if it was sticked to their bodies or not. Well, uh, there was a, a discussion there, and, and I think there was a change in the regulation in the rules that mark. That doesn't it doesn't care if there is an intention or not, it, but it, but it hap, it it's more important to the position of the hand if it's open or not, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. That hap, that change and and it's a bit confusing because uh, uh, now you don't know whether it really uh, uh, cor- corresponds or or it's good it's right to be awarded or not. Um, anyway, players. Any any time that the ball happens to hit the hand of a defender, of course the rival will ask for a penalty. That that doesn't change any uh, 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 a lot. But um, yes, uh, uh, I think you'll justify the victory, like you said, uh, because well, River ha- is like covering the bad moments from the follow- the previous matches uh, and continues to put a team that. It's not the ideal team that Gallardo would would uh, be pleased to to put into the into the match. 
Um, and yes, I think that in the overall match, uh, Newell's was was slightly better. I even with the second half uh, being uh, on their side and, and, and River would uh, uh, being not able to 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 carry serious danger to the to the goal of uh, uh, defended by Pohonsic. Pohonsic mm. is Pohonsic. Pokernich, I think. Pues, or I, 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 I heard one of the commentators say his name a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember uh, how exactly it was pronounced. It's uh, if if any um, listeners are from, I'm guessing it's Croatian or Serbian or somewhere, uh, and want to give us an idea of, of how you would pronounce it, which is not necessarily how Argentines pronounce it, but you know, I'd like to hear anyway. Uh, the name in question is spelled P O C R N J I. C. I'm going to guess something like Posernich. Posernich, um, could be, yes. We, so we will call him Posernich. Mm. Well, uh, and, and the, the thing is that uh, I think River is covering the bad moment from different matches, from the f- previous matches. And, uh, well, uh, uh, the, the problem that usually had in defense that any ball that comes to the box is half of a goal or, or, or more. Uh, now it it uh, was also a problem of not being creative in attack or to be dangerous in attack. So it yeah. was like an hybrid team, and Newell's uh, uh, like man- managed the victory or the, the the difference, which was short because it was only one nil. In the second half, was uh, with the more the idea of of getting a counter attack that finally couldn't. Uh, uh, Translated, translating to a second goal, but uh, with that idea, and River couldn't uh, uh, take advantage of that, uh, 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 the, of the way that Newell's uh, played in the second half. Mm. So well, and, and Gachard admitted that that it was a, a, a match with uh, River was not intense, was not uh, uh, didn't play with the uh, yes the intensity that. That he he would uh, wanted and well, uh, the result is is clear. Is I think is is what reflected the the match in the in the, in the field. Absolutely. Um, well, we don't normally do this, but because it's relevant, I'm going to skip ahead and read one of our listeners' questions out now. It's from uh, Handapod, sometime panelist Remy, who um, asks how much time has Gasharado got left at River? Is he coming under pressure? Mm. Well, uh, I heard uh, on radio uh, like a rumor that if Gallardo doesn't, that River doesn't win the Copa Argentina, Gallardo could leave by the end of the year. But it's only a rumor, and I don't know what of what what is uh, what of that is true or not. Mm. Uh, we will see. Of course, it's something that has to do with the coach that. Uh, won a lot of titles, even though that now it's you, you usually forget about that when time goes by. Um, but uh, uh, that's something I heard uh, on radio today. Uh, a program that doesn't uh, cover only football, but uh, the 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 one of the uh, one of the commentators in the program said that that they, that if Ashardo doesn't win the if Rio doesn't win the Copa Argentina, Gallardo could leave by the end of the year. Uh-huh. 
Interesting. Obviously, the significance of winning the Copa Argentina or not is that, uh, well, partly it's a trophy or not, but they don't really care about the trophy. They care about the um, participation in next year's Copa Libertadores, that it would mean. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens. Yes, because um, not winning Copa Argentina will mean, like Boca, not, of course, not participating in the next year Copa Libertadores, but apart from that, they are quite far away from, from the leadership in the, in the tournament, in the uh, far division tournament, because yeah. 10, 10 points is too much, even when there is only uh, 10 uh, rounds uh, played. Uh, it's third part of the tournament, but with 10 points uh, to, to for the uh, leadership, is I think it's a big distance. Yeah, especially the way mm-hmm. Estudiantes are going. Yes. Um, Estudiantes, uh, since we just mentioned them, we will break off from our Big Five discussion temporarily to discuss the league leaders, having covered Boca and River already. Um, Estudiantes got another win, another clean sheet as well, um, against Colón with a Lucas Biatri header after 57 minutes. Um, and they keep on going. There's, it, It's just very, very, very difficult to stop them, isn't it? Yes, uh, they, they perhaps win not being... Uh with that uh, precious play or, or something that you say, oh yes, it's a, what a team, it's really great to see Estudiantes, but they get the win, they get the victories, they they continue with that clean sheet, and this match especially because of a, a unexpected hero, that, with the young goalkeeper Daniel Zappa. Mm. Um, yeah, who was put in on restaurants at look up now when his first game in charge was um, Sapper's first game in goal you'll remember that now when Losada was replacing um, Andujar thank you Mariano Andujar who's injured at the moment and didn't impress people too much in spite of the fact that Estudiantes kept on winning they did start conceding goals so Sapper was um, given his first start ahead of Losada uh, two weeks ago um, in the 1-1 draw against River and has kept his first clean sheet for the club now um, against Colón uh, it's you know, it's, a, it's only a one nil win. It's only um, against Colón, who haven't started badly, but but aren't you know one of the very best teams in the league either. Um, but it's promising for Estudiantes, and, and it means they are, as you say, referring to River just a, a minute ago. We're now a third of the way through the season, and Estudiantes have opened up quite a cushion at the top of the table. Um, and when you well, win, we'll go through the standings properly in a minute, but you know they're looking fairly. And when you get winnings like that, uh, not at, at the very very largely uh, deserved, but you win it with a special, uh, with something that is a, a condiment, uh, like a, a saving a penalty at, at the very I think it was when the match was ending, but mm. very spectacularly saved uh, by that goalkeeper that. Two years, two weeks ago, wasn't uh, or three weeks ago wasn't there, wasn't in the, even dreaming with uh, the possibility of, of being the goalkeeper, uh, and, and now he saves that penalty. Uh, well, uh, that gives the, the team a, like special, uh, like a atmosphere, like a feeling that they are uh, for for big things. And of course, uh, it's uh, those are matches that at the end of the ch- of the tournament could could make the difference. Of course, 
Yeah, especially in this half of the year, because of course in the next half of the year, Estudiantes are going to be in the Copa Libertadores, um, which is going to be more spread out next year, so then there's not going to be the same amount of uh, fixture congestion that we normally get, which, you know, thankfully, as, as we said when these plans to expand the Libertadores were first announced. Um, but it, it is going to mean that, that the title race is going to have to, at some weekends, is going to have to take second sort of billing um, to the need to rest various starters for, for a big copper game, perhaps, um, as we get towards the end of the group stage. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how they can cope with that. And it's another reason that this cushion that they're building up at the moment, particularly bearing in mind that the team in second place, Newell's Old Boys, don't have the Libertadores football in the new year, um, it's another reason that that cushion is going to be vital for Estudiantes. Uh, Nelson Mibas' team still looking great, and, and he's um, redeeming himself uh, week in, week out as manager, really, after the interesting manner in which he lost the Quilmes job a couple of years ago, a year ago? A yes. couple of years ago, wasn't it? Or a year and a half or so. Um, elsewhere at the weekend, going back to the Big Five, uh, Racing drew 1-1 with Huracan on f- Saturday night in a game that I didn't see, did you? Uh, I watched the most important parts, which were the, the polemics of that match, uh, with a goal that uh, prevented Racing from winning and made a, a like a strange feeling from the supporters. Uh, to to Zielinski. well now they are they aren't so convinced or so uh, sure that Zielinski is that that coach that started uh, at Racing. Only be, I think that it's only because of the draw because of course they, they should have criticized uh, the, the 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 idea of of being so 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 back in the in the in the second half or when they got the the the, 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 the difference the one nil yeah. But if they had won, the critics wouldn't have been so strong because it's it's true that Racing didn't play well, and they, when when they scored the, the 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 goal, then they were back, as as I said, uh, uh, which is something that Zielinski usually do, usually does, mm. uh, to try to care to be more careful, and and of course, uh, uh, if if it's possible to to get the counter attack to do it, but not. Uh, the, the main idea and uh, the goal the goal from Huracan at the 89th minute 44 minutes of the second half was uh, polemic or even the Huracan players said the, that the referee should have uh, disallowed it because oh, it well. was a, a, a I know how to say it in English so I will say it in Spanish a plancha the player the Huracan player Puseto went high on their on the stunts up challenge yes. and uh, what, knocked it into the net well, wow, what was that? Fireworks. Indeed, someone's letting firecrackers off in the stream. It's not even Christmas yet. Um, Puseto, the score of the goal was with the that challenge, high challenge, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and well, uh, after that he scored the goal, and uh, of course all, all of the Russian players protested, but the goal was awarded. And, and after that there was a penalty for Rakan that wasn't given for either of that I don't remember who was. I think it was Pigliano now, I, I remember. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, it was, yeah. Uh, and Caruso Lombardi, as always, he said after the match that uh, uh, he didn't award the penalty because he had given the goal that should have been uh, disallowed. I see, that's interesting. Yes. So apparently two wrongs do make a right in this situation yes. then, according to, yes. to the referee at least. 
the thing the thing is that the, the yes the supporters and the journalists that cover the racing uh, activity uh, criticize strongly criticize Zielinski because of that because uh, after the one nil mm. uh, he was m much more careful and, and well of course that didn't like uh, very much to the to the people indeed um, the two remaining big five teams that we've not mentioned yet both played against each other on Sunday in I thought a more entertaining match than was expected um, I say more entertaining than expected because uh, San Lorenzo put out a mixed team um, nearly all substitutes in fact now I'm looking at it it, it wasn't so mixed after all um, so substitutes as we were expecting because of course they have the second leg of their Copa Sudamericana semi-final um, tonight shortly after in fact it's starting in about 35 minutes time um, so they, they put out a, a, a reserve team for that reason and um, Independiente who were the home team uh, of course are supernaturally boring basically to watch this year this season sorry not so much this year but certainly this season um, and San Lorenzo substitutes won the game away from home 2-1 win thanks in part to the fastest goal of the season so far from Gonzalo Bergesio after 36 seconds um, Fernando Bellucci put them further ahead with 13 minutes to go and Herman Denis pulled one back in stoppage time um, Independiente I mean we, we talk about you know River having some issues with, with concentration um, in particular Independiente perhaps don't always have those same issues in defence but they've certainly got some issues going forward that are far more deep seated than than River's temporary um, well hopefully temporarily uh, failure to score and it's not the first time that Independiente suffers a goal uh, at that time so so fast mm. uh, because I, I think Gimnasia also scored a goal at, at Independiente Stadium also uh, very very quickly this I season th yes this season when they played against uh, Independiente at the, at the same the same stadium let me see. If you see the, the stats, no, you will see. No, nil-nil. Might you be thinking of... Oh, bloody hell. When did they last score at home? When did they last concede at home? Oh, well... Tigre, possibly? Or Tigre. Well, it could be Tigre. Tigre. It was a very quick match, quick uh, goal that... Uh, how That was scored at that... Uh, uh, at the same stadium and very, very quickly. No, I think... After, uh, I think you're thinking of last season, possibly. During the, oh, the 2016 well, season. Because they well, conceded twice, well, three times um, at home. I remember a goal that was scored uh, quite uh, near from this this date, but well, okay. Mm. Uh, anyway, yes, it's, uh, it's good for San Lorenzo, the, the, the way they played with so many players that, that aren't used to, to be in the starting lineup. And it was a good balance team because four of the eleven teams, eleven players only, were naturally uh, that are experienced or are used to be there in the from the first minute, like Bergesio, Corujo, Emmanuel Mas, um, and, and Mercier. Only that yeah. those are the players that the San Lorenzo team. Yeah, was Nicolas Navarro in goal, um, Corujo, Senesi, Diaz, and Mas. Um, across the back, so Mass of that that lot is first choice. of Pelo Diaz plays a fair bit as well, but um, yeah. Mercier, as Andres says, um, Ezequiel Avila, Fernando Bellucci, Bautista Mellini, and Lautaro Montosha 
and Gonzalo Bergesio up front. So it's there are a few starts in there, but it was yes. very much largely substitutions. I'm trying to find, by yes. the way, to see whether Independiente conceded earlier in one of their Sudamericana um, home games. Just bear with me with the clicking. Uh, Lanús, could it have been in the Sudamericana? No, they won two another way there. Um, yes, it is for Copa Sudamericana or the tournament because, of course, Copa Argentina is played in the neutral, neutral venue. But no, I okay. no. I think you must be misremembering, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, but Independiente going forward, really not very good uh, in the league. They have scored two goals in one match on one occasion and that was their sec- their first home game and their second game overall of this current league season um, otherwise they've scored one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight goals in ten matches so far in the league this season they have only conceded one, two, three, four, six um, so it's not as if they're by any means sort of in, in a deep rut and absolute disastrous form uh, following this defeat to San Lorenzo I think it is more of an underlining of, of San Lorenzo's strength in depth. Um, but you, you have to wonder how, how much longer Gabriel Milito is going to get the benefits of the fans' patience, I think. Well, you are talking about something hot because this weekend will be a key match for both Independent and Racing Indeed. and both coaches because, uh, of course, it's uh, both coaches come with, as I said, in the case of Zielinski, uh, the 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 result of the of, of the match against Uruguay uh, brought some critics and and well so against Milito and then they face each other so it, it will be a good match to see that at that point because of the of the coaches. Yeah, it will. Um, we will give a little bit of a. Discussion on the Classico de Avellaneda you know, a little later on. Okay. But the other talking points from the weekend or, or the, the matches that stand out, I, I should confess first of all that I didn't see any of the Saturday games. Um, but Godoy Cruz um, getting a 2 1 win over Tigre is um, suggestive of something. And the something in question, I think, is, is a fairly good run. Yeah, not bad at home at least from Godoy Cruz. Um, who suffered defeat, obviously, the previous weekend to Quilmes, that have now come back and they've won, well, the last four four home games in a row. Um, and overall this season, that looks like six home matches and they've got five wins and a draw from them, um, which is precisely the, the amount of time they've been unbeaten. They lost their last home game last season. Uh, they've lost every game away, though. So... <laughs> It's something well known for a lot of teams to be quite better home condition than away. Precisely. Um, so they, if they could just sort of sort that out, and, and they've not been particularly close away games either. Most of them, they've been two nil or three nil defeats. Um, whereas at home, they've been winning two nil, three one, two one, two one, one nil. You know, clean sheets, a couple of clean sheets, anyway, and, and reasonably comfortably. Um, they seem to have a mental block, I think, when they leave Mendoza. But, good win against Tigre at the weekend. And one that I can't really remember where they are in the relegation table, so we should have a, a, bring that up a second. Um, but one that should pull them, if they are in any difficulty at all. Uh, they're 14, so they're safe now, certainly, if, if they weren't before. Um, 
clear of the battle. We should talk perhaps about the relegation battle since we're trying to, or I'm trying to scramble around and, and grasp onto a hook to get me out of this uh, monologue. Um, so the bottom four in the relegation table at the moment are Atletico de Rafaela, Tempele, Sarmiento and Olimpo. That's going from the bottom of the table up. Um, Arsenal, Huracan, Defensia and Osibi are still in that battle as well. So which teams did I just mention? Atletico de Rafaela losing to Tacheres, who although I didn't just mention them, are very much in the conversation because of course they only got promoted this season. That is a fifth consecutive win for Tacheres. Um, they're going to be safe, aren't they? Yes. You've got to think. Atletico Rafaela, I strongly suspect, are not. Yes, they. it's like they... they Played one each other, a team that has been consistent and and well, uh, getting uh, four victories now it's five, like the Sheriffs and Adrico Rafaela that has has been playing well, but now they are like, well, they uh, are considerably lower in terms of the of the performance, and of course they are starting, like you said, to be more tight in the in the fight for not uh, for the relegation, of course. Yeah. Uh, if it, there is time, but uh, uh, when you remember, you are right with the rope on your throat and and, and very time to go. It's, it's complicated. Yeah, they're even against the so Atletico de Rafael have got the maximum four campaigns, including the current one, counting towards their relegation standing. Um, and even if we ignore Sarmiento and Tempele and Oracan and, and Aldo Sibi, have all only been up for for less time than that. If we just compare Atletico to the other teams who are dividing by the same number of matches, um, they have got, because that makes it very easier to do, much easier to do a side-by-side comparison, they've got 11 points fewer than Olimpo. They have got 15 points fewer um, than Arsenal de Sarandi. They've got 15, 16, 17 points fewer than Defensa, the Justicia. Um, 19 points fewer than Meles. And, I mean... I think, given how bad the teams that we've just mentioned are, um, that Atletico are going to have to finish above at least two of those teams if they're going to finish safe. Regardless of the fact that there are also other teams in here who are divided by fewer points, and if they have a, a couple of decent wins, could could push them, you know, cut them even further adrift. Um, I can't see where Atletico are going to pick those points up. They're just they're awful. They're, yes, yes, but there are sixty points to go, but. Uh... If there is a team that uh, they have to get 19 points and that team to get zero. Exactly. Because, uh, and that's just to finish above one team. That's just yeah. to finish above Venice. Um, or level with Venice, we should say. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't see how they're going to survive. Bet your mortgage on Atletico de Rafaela going down. This, this table season. doesn't lie because uh, all, of the, all of the teams you have mentioned, like Venice, Defensa Justicia, are, are going... With a relatively relatively poor campaign, but Atletico uh, Rafaela, well, uh, two, and, and they are the last team in the table. Uh, if they were with a perhaps signal of being better in terms of the of the way they play, well, you could see uh, that they could save, be safe. But uh, uh, no, I think that you're right, and it will be very difficult for them. Um, with and and they are they are they have kids that play well or they are at least they try to play well but they are kids and and, mm. and there are people that say that you you get you get you you win matches with kids but you win championships or what well, you get safe from the 
relation with men. Absolutely. Um, there have been one or two very famous escapes from relegation, um, even during Hunter Pod's relatively short history. Um, but I do feel 100% confident in predicting that Atletico de Rafaela will be playing Be Nacional. San Lorenzo, you, 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 are, you mean San Lorenzo? San Lorenzo and uh, I think Argentinos had an improbable escape one season. Was there, was racing, season? there was a rushing. There was a rushing promotion, a playoff, sorry, against Belgrano with a goal, famous goal missed by. Uh, well, I, I for, don't remember the name of the player right now, but it was incredibly missed by. If if that player would have scored that goal, possibly Belgrano would have uh, promoted to Primera First Division, and Racing got down to the second one. Yeah, and I remember it was a goal not so incredibly like the one in the Serbian uh, football. Mm. I don't know if you watched that goal. No, I've not seen that one. He was almost at the line of the goal, and he. Through it over the the, the oh the the overhead um, yes. yes yeah yeah I know which one you mean well it was not that incredible like that but it was incredible anyway haha uh-huh. well um, elsewhere at the weekend and particularly as we say going in with the relegation battle Patronato three 0 win over San Martin on Monday night um, looks pretty big Patronato another team like Tacheres who are dividing over relatively few matches. Um, obviously, this is their second campaign um, in the Primera, but uh, that does mean that we can't rule them out of, of the reckoning yet. So every win for them is is vital. They're up to 18th in the relegation table with that one. Um, San Martin, I think, are probably going to be okay. Uh, they're, they're now actually one place below Patronato, but having played another season more. Um, so I, I suspect that San Martin are all right, but that's still a, a big win for Patronato uh, for their own sort of reckoning but I mean looking down you know who, who's played everybody else Arsenal Banfield perhaps stands out Vélez Defensivos DC actually as well in his own way um, big win for Vélez a week and a half ago as we said um, but yeah by and large it, it, that, that little bit Rafaela uh, versus Tacheres game was the big relegation battle of the weekend strange though it sounds when Tacheres are currently 7th in the relegation table but could Tacheres dream on something different or, or you say that is well they are safe from relegation or they could be safe and this is it well they could you never know you say Because five matches are, uh, in a row they if they perhaps are with high confidence because uh, it's impossible to be down or with, to be uh, not motiv- not to be motivated with uh, winning even one nil or, or not so comfortable victory No, I think they can certainly start to dream of other things because uh, seventh in the relegation tra- table translates, as it turns out, into sixth in the league table. Uh, in championship running, they are only nine points behind Estudiantes. Um, Estudiantes are top of the, the championship table with 26 points from 10 matches. Uh, San Lorenzo... And Newell's old boys joint second. San Lorenzo are just ahead on goal difference with 21 points each, so five points behind Estudiantes. Two points behind them in fourth place with 19 points are Boca Juniors. Um, in fifth with 18 points are Racing. And sixth sixth and seventh um, separated on goal difference. Tacheres plus five and Colón on plus one, both with 17 points. 
Um, I do not think that Tasheris are actually going to be challenging for the league title. I think that is pretty much going to be limited to to the top. But uh, uh, perhaps advancing to Copa Libertadores 2018. But definitely, be... you know, or, or Sudamericana. I can't remember how the Sudamericana next year is being decided. Actually, it's, it's they, already been decided, hasn't it? And they started losing his river the first half, the, ver the first round, yeah. and now they, they are ahead of, of them. When 17 points against 16. Tacheres River was the second weekend. They, second? Drew, they drew away to Racing on the first weekend. Oh, yes. But yes, in their yeah. first home game. Um, was against River um, and yeah you're quite right they've overtaken them um, which particularly when you bear in mind that after that draw with River they went another two games without a win as well they were four games four games into the season I think they had two draws and two defeats um, and since then five straight oh uh, sorry five games into the season they had two draws and three defeats and then since then they've won five in a row because um, their record now is 5-2-3 in wins draws and losses Um, so props to Tacheres we're hoping to get Tony on soon to uh, tell us what the atmosphere is like in Cordoba although he's only imagining because he's here in Buenos Aires in Cordoba and in, in Mexico too yes absolutely because he has Mexican flatmates um, well done Tacheres and, and I certainly think that there's no reason at all that they shouldn't be looking for you know continental participation at some point in 2018 um, from this, this thing even though I doubt that they're going to win the championship and They should certainly now, I think, start setting their heights higher than just relegation, uh, than, than survival, um, given how bad some of the teams at the bottom are. And talking about Córdoba, because Tacheres is from Córdoba, as uh, the same to Belgrano, uh, who will say at the beginning of the of the tournament that Tacheres will be like this and Belgrano will be so bad? Yeah. Even I think that they well they lost against Sarmiento and. Uh, I don't remember whether Esteban Tete González uh, resigned as manager or, or, or is still there in the, in the charge. Because uh, I think I heard something that uh, will, will be so different with Sielinski that was, I think, five years there in the bench. Yeah, yeah. Fi yeah five or five and a half, yeah. Um, Leonardo Madelon has been brought in. Um, as Belgrano's new manager he was until recently the manager of Union. Oh, Union well done yes he was yes. one of the three on, who lost their job yes. on the same day as, oh he was he was the one who resigned didn't he he resigned from Union on the same the same day as um, Olimpo and Defensa Justicia I think it was sacked their managers um, so yeah essentially um, whether Gonzalez resigned or was sacked Uh, and the one who is looking for a manager is Armando Perez. <laughs> the yes, the head of the AFA. So yes. it's either be the manager or never work in football again. How on earth is he still allowed to be president of Belgrano whilst acting as president of the AFA as well? That's interesting. Because um, normally you have to resign from your club. Although, I mean, I know he's not actually AFA president. He's normalization yes. committee president. But still, he should have been told to resign, I thought. Um But anyway, yeah, Belgrano, it, it's true, are terrible. Um, they really do look like they're struggling uh, with life in the post-Sielinski era. Um, their current record recently is something like, yeah, they've not won in six matches. Um, three draws and three defeats, and three those three defeats have come in the last four matches. Um, they're not, I don't think they're in particular relegation danger, are they? 
but because they they were fairly solid before this term. So yeah, they're just kind yes. of mid table in the relegation. Um, in the relegation standings, and I don't think they're going to really slip too far down that. But yes, but they 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 lost. Of course, they are not more uh, not a solid team anymore. Uh, like they were with Zelinski. The problem that that is that being solid team meant that if Bergano got a draw against Huracan, it would be okay. Well, it's a draw uh, as a way condition. It's okay. Zelinski gets a draw with Racing, and it's a poor result because they were back in yes. the second half, and that's different. And well, Zelinski, I think, is learning from that too because uh, they ha- he will have to think about these things. Mm. When they they are going to play against Independiente and it's well, you know what it what it's like. Yeah, indeed the the pressure is going to ramp right up. Uh, if you're wondering when Belgrano's Clásico is, by the way, they have a little while to go yet. The um, Belgrano against Tacheres is going to be in the twentieth round of matches, so we have ten whole yeah. games to wait before the Clásico. Well, one of okay. the the Cordoba Clásicos um, is. Uh, yeah. Uh, put on for our entertainment. Yeah. Well, we are we are thinking about Cordobi, Cordobis teams because we are running for net and for net is well ranked, well ranked mm. there in Cordoba. So. Indeed it is. Most of the consumption in Argentina and Argentina accounts for the vast majority of the consumption in the world of Fernet. So there you go. Uh, we are 45 minutes in and 45 minutes into a football match it's traditional to take a break. We're not going to be 15 minutes away. Um, we will be well from your point of view listeners will just be a few seconds away but we are going to replenish our glasses and we will be back after this short piece of incidental music Premier League has just made a new television deal to sell its rights to China for, I think it's three years. Um, actually, hang on, I just brought this up specifically to check how long it was for and then didn't click on the link. Um, yes, it is three years. Uh, for 700 million US dollars. One country, three years. It is fair to say, uh, I was trying to find, um, I did a quick bit of Googling because I wanted to make a humorous point about how that was the equivalent of all the money in the world in 1850 or something like that, but unfortunately I can't because I wasn't able to find how much money there was in the world in 1850. Um, But uh, it's fair to say anyway that the Argentine uh, Primera División domestic television rights are not going to go for quite that amount of money over a three-year period. Um, we had... We... <laughs> Handapod have not been in negotiations for the Argentine television rights, um, neither for the Premier League nor for the Primera División. But uh, we in Argentina heard um, about, a couple of days ago on Monday, um, the uh, AFA's uh, club directors in particular, shock and surprise and disappointment at the pitiful amount of money that they were offered... Um, which was 2,000 million Argentine pesos, which I 
we've got to do the sums during the break, so just bear with me two seconds as I grab my calculator. Um, 2,000 million divided by 19.4, which is roughly equivalent to 103 million pounds right now. If you're listening to this in a month's time, it won't be, because the peso will get weaker um, at the end of the year. But at the moment, um, it's uh, roughly 103 million quid. That is over uh, 15 years, isn't it? Because they want to sell it for some ridiculous amount of time. Or, or is it every year? Is that the annual figure? Yes, annual. Oh, that's yeah. annual. Oh, OK, right. And then it gets updated according to inflation, presumably. Or just under inflation. Um, but still... I read that number and thought, bloody hell, that's a lot of money for the quality that they're offering and the number of matches they're offering uh, because, you know, each weekend, there are only 30 weekends in the season at the moment um, and yet the clubs are unhappy with it. It is yes, half, half of what has been offered for the English Premier League because you said 700 uh, million dollars, dollars yeah. for three years. That will make... Two hundred and five thousand million dollars. Seven hundred million for three years. So divided by three is two hundred and thirty-three million dollars, though not pounds. It's almost double as as what uh, Argentine football has been offered for the rights, because it is. Yeah, pretty much double. Yeah. Uh, if you divide it into dollars, it is uh, one hundred and twenty thousand million dollars in, mm. in for per year, and they said no. Uh, Argentine football, of course, uh, they said no. Yes, I I agree. It is the product or the, the the way they manage football has also to be considered because if you are a customer and you and the the thing that that, are, that the owner of a thing is selling you that thing and is poor or is Bad quality, not the football itself, but the the, the, the the things that surround the product. It's not good. You are in no position to, to put your conditions. No, exactly. The league, obviously, uh, A, they're, they're trying desperately to sell the rights because they know that the government isn't giving them any money after December and the matches aren't going to be broadcast. Well, the matches, assuming that they get bought by a private company, uh, during 2017, at least, the government has, has requested that they be broadcast in inverted commas free to air. You still need a cable package out of it, but they're not going to be on any of the premium channels on that cable package. Um, beyond that, they're desperate to sell. The buyers know that they're desperate to sell. Uh, they've been offered, I mean, it, as you said, it, it's basically the same amount of money as, as they've been getting this year. So, bearing in mind that inflation in Argentina, for the benefit of listeners who don't live here, um, runs at, what is it at the moment, about 25%, 30%. It hit 40% earlier this year, but I think it's gone down a bit since then. Um, annually, you know, getting offered the same amount as this year is, is... I can understand how that's not a great deal for them. But equally, they're going into the private market now, and it's very much a buyer's market, because everybody's aware that the AFA desperately need to sell. Even the AFA keeps saying it all the time. We're going to be screwed if we don't get rid of these rights, if we can't find someone to televise it. Um, in the long term, 
It's not. Uh, well, I want you to give me uh, this amount of money. Is uh, the, the the other part is the one who will say I can give you this, and you want it. It's okay, and you don't want it. Okay, no, we don't do it, and that will be another perhaps uh, proposal that uh, well could be uh, higher or couldn't be higher. Uh, so we don't know, and and they are only listening for the, the uh, single offer. In terms of money and how money you can get or you can pay for 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 uh, the rights of the Argentine football, but they, I think they don't know even how it will be played. The 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 the, the organization, of course, it, that will be the last thing to discuss. Uh, I heard, for example, that they want they wanted to organize the the football like they do in Chile, that the 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 the, the clubs they themselves are like have the organization and they sell the rights of the it's not that there okay. is a, 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 a the AMFP FP that that's the National Football yep. Association that gets the that sells the rights but they, the, the the clubs themselves the clubs sell them collectively yes, yes. which uh, is by and large I think is the, is the point of the Superliga as I understand that's basically the only yes. difference that I can work out between the Superliga that keeps being talked about and uh, the current Primera División but um, we'll see um, but in the long term as I was about to say the one thing that really doesn't help with all of this stuff is that you know another reason the potential buyers want to know what they're buying and at the moment we have a situation where okay we know because this season's being played and this is what they've said that at the end of this season there are going to be four teams relegated two teams coming up so 28 teams in the Primera next season we know because this has been reported so widely and so many directors have said it that this is part of a plan to uh, reduce the Primera División from the 30 teams that nobody ever wanted but everybody voted for because Julio Grandona was in the room um, back down to 20 or possibly 22 teams by 2020 whether the television companies are going to be, you know, wanting to put loads and loads of money into this product when they don't know how it's going to look in four years' time, or at least if they have a rough idea of how it's going to look in four years' time, presumably not too dissimilar to the short championships, possibly with a one-season-long championship, um, possibly with short championships again, but either way, you know, 38 rounds of matches over the course of a European season. Um... But more to do with how it's going to look in the intervening period. You know, at what point are they going to drop off? Is there going to be a drastic drop off in the number of matches shown overall, whilst also being an increase in the number of rounds? Because at some point, they're going to have to switch from just one match against everybody plus the Classicos to, to home and away against everybody. Um, whether they do that when there are 26 teams in the division or 24 teams, or whether they wait until there are 22 teams or what. We have to wait and see. Obviously, the reorganisation of the Copa Libertadores does give a little bit of leeway in those terms. That they can do it a little more easily and have a few midweek rounds. Um, but it's another thing that I've not really seen mentioned anywhere in any of the reports. I've not heard any directors talk about it. I've not heard the TV rights buyers talk about it. And you think, surely that's something fairly basic. Like, what are we actually paying this money for if we're going to give you yeah. 2,000 million pesos? As I see, it looks like the... the, the, the Argentine directors of the clubs were, went to the meeting 
with Fox and Turner, the, the one, the potential buyers of the rights, and said, well, okay, how much money you can give us for, for Argentine football? And, they, and this is it. And no explanation of... I, I, I haven't heard a, a lot of things about that meeting, but I imagine like, like that, something like that, the, the, the Argentine side saying, okay, well, you have this, you have Argentine football. What, 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 how, how much money you can give us? And and, and and this is it. And and I think that the, if I were Fox or Turner or whether whatever the they name of the company or the, or the potential buyer of the rights, I would want less matches but better matches. Mm. Not 15 matches per round because honestly I don't think that in the United States and, and Europe, uh, as you say, perhaps um, even less in the in Europe than the, that in the US, to watch Patronato Temperate, for example, or to watch Aldo Civi Defensa y Justicia. They, exactly, they, yeah, they want to watch River Boca, Independiente, Racing, San Lorenzo, for instance. Uh, those matches, like uh, Sarmiento against uh, Belgrano, perhaps, or what? Well, no, no interest for foreigners. No, exactly. I mean, for foreigners, there's not really very much interest for any match not involving River or Boca. Uh, it, it's going to be hard enough without, you know, this is not meant to demean um, of course. the other clubs in any way, as, as regular listeners know. Uh, although we are Big Five fans, uh, and in this case, this evening, both River fans, um, if anything, I find it rather tiresome that, that the Argentine media goes on about them all so much. Um, but the truth is that you know you take it from somebody who runs a podcast on Argentine football and who runs a Twitter account on Argentine football. Um, there is not very much interest globally for Argentine football. Full stop. Never mind once you get into any match that doesn't involve one of those big two. Even the other of the, of the big five aren't going to get anything like the same interest from an international market. Um, and that's on the one hand, that's precisely why the league should be uh, bargaining collectively for the television rights. On the other hand, it's precisely why they shouldn't be too fussy about how much money they get, particularly, as you say, for international rights. The, the other thing that hasn't been reported too clearly is whether this 2,000 million peso figure involves international rights or just domestic rights, whether it involves the right to stream online, um, whether it involves uh, the right to resell um, the international rights or, or domestic rights to other partners. The advertisement. Uh... Exactly. Mobile viewing, advertising, all the rest of it. Um, and one of the things that the clubs are hoping to use is, is to use that fact to perhaps bargain so that the 2,000 million pesos is, is, ends up just being the base figure for the television broadcast rights domestically in Argentina and then that everything else gets sold then beyond that but I do get the impression that they think that they're going to get a lot more money internationally than they're actually going to end up getting internationally I heard uh, I w- I, sorry, I read, not I heard uh, Claudio Tapia, Chiqui Tapia, eh, eh, the Barraca Central president and one of the eh, members of the... Eh, I, I don't know if he's in the Comisión Normalizadora, but he's like eh, one of the important men now at AFA, mm. eh, saying that the offer that Fox and Turner gave was not enough, and if the numbers were that, they they would prefer to continue with Fútbol para Todos. Eh, but they what, can't. Yes, of course, and and before the beforehand they said it's impossible to continue with the free football or the football para todos because it's it's not enough money, and now when the the offer is not as good as they wanted, they say that they will if they knew that 
this will be like that or the offer will be so low they will continue with, with the uh, government which of course say that they won't continue paying yeah. paying for football but uh, it's, it's it's strange it's contradictory and yes <laughs> it's I, I, I see or I guess or I, I think that the 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 sales the right rights will be sold just when the season is about to continue and we will know nothing about that uh, perhaps days before the the match the match the matches are going to be played that's what I think I hope it's not like that but it it looks like it will be because uh, it's almost December and they are just with one meeting with two companies and and they didn't like the, the offer. So and, and I, I don't know whether there are, there are any other meetings arranged arranged or not. I'm sure there will be if there haven't already been. Um, in other news, just doing this mop up of the uh, of, of the last couple of days' news, uh, Miami United, who are as I just discovered before we recorded, because I thought we were talking about Miami FC until Andres corrected me, um, who are not uh, David Beckham's new team who he's setting up, but are instead a La Nación put it a fourth division team in the United States um, are trying to sign Juan Roman Riquelme and apparently have said if Riquelme wants us to bring in Carlos Bianchi as manager we'll bring in Bianchi as well what kind of message that sends to their current manager I don't know um, whether they're planning on managing to grow and move up through the divisions I don't know given that they can't get promoted to the top flight of um Football estadounidense. Um, so, what do we think of this one? Is he going to go? We will have to see whether uh, there is good meat or mate in in, in Miami. Because uh, usually, usually, Riquelme says. I'm sure that won't be a problem, particularly no. the mate. Yes, in that case, I think it's possible because uh, any any interview that Riquelme bring uh, gives. Uh, he says that he eats asado or barbecue or beef and drinks mate with his friends. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he'll be able to get hold of Sherba. Um, I'm sure they import... Well, I know that they import it into the United States, so uh, it might be rather more expensive than it is here in Buenos Aires, but I'm sure he'll be able to get it. And, um, yeah, the meat, whether you can get a proper Argentine asado, I don't know, but I'm sure there are Argentines living in Miami. He'll be able to sort himself out. But the, the, the question is, does the CEO of the company or the group that uh, bought the Miami United team know that Riquelme has uh, has been retired since last year and that he's still 38 years old? You're being generous. He retired two years ago. Two years? Oh, okay, yeah. well, 2014, at, yes. At the end Sorry. of the... Um, the transition well, yeah, well, 14 when he helped Argentinos back up into the Primera and then he, he left the pitch so it's nearly two years yes. does it matter to them? I mean well look how, how long's Veron been retired for now and he's coming back next year yeah. thanks to Estudiantes fans buying up the um, the season tickets that he promised to come back for Juan, Roma, Juan Sebastián Veron not Juan Román Veron that would be <laughs> that's some kind of insane mashup between two wonderfully talented footballers uh, I would like to see him play but um, Juan Sebastián Veron will be returning to the pitches we are told his uh, employees because he's the president of Estudiantes as well as a potential future player for them um, are already referring to him as a teammate so watch this space that, uh, is that going to be a first club president playing for the club at least in Argentina I think and at least at such a high be, level as well I'm, yes. I'm not sure that's ever happened at, at that kind of level before I mean we're talking about a 
you know, team who are challenging for the league championship have already won three three Copas Libertadores or four three, um, yes, one of which with with this guy in the in their team. So uh, it would be one for the trivia books, I suspect, if he does. We shall now move on to some listeners' questions. Uh, Joseph Sexton says, "What does Mauro Icardi have to do to get called up to the national team?" Divorce wonder. I don't think so. Um, I think I, I have a feeling he's going to get called up in March. Yes, me too. Um, and Bosa has recently said that he will call thirty-two call up, call up thirty-two players. That of course not all of them will stay, but as a like a preliminary call up, he will he will uh, make a like a call up of thirty-two players. So we will see. But I think the same yes like you that um, March. Yeah, and when I say that, I, I don't, you know, just to be clear, I'm, I don't know about Andres, but I, I'm not saying I hope, I'm saying actually something tells me uh, that he's going to. That's not coming from any source in particular, I just I think it'll happen. Um, Bob Roberts says, did you guys see the goalie whiff on Friday night on a ball that went directly into the net? I think it was the Arsenal keeper. Uh, I think you're right, it was. Yeah, I, I yes. saw one of the replays, and yes, it was. Yes, it was an own goal from the defender because the goalkeeper... Ah, oh, that's right. Didn't yeah. even touch the ball. Yeah. Yes, Pellegrino was there, and he he was injured, and he said when he uh, he was out of the match, I think, and he said it's my mistake because I couldn't I shouldn't have played because uh, he was with uh, some uh, pain and and he played even with that pain and, and mm. well, finally he got that mistake and indeed. Uh, Darren Paul tweets in with I was going to say with his weekly racing question but in this case it's, his, it's now becoming his weekly Marcos Acuna question uh, he says is Marcos Acuna basically the perfect winger <laughs> he does everything you can want surely for me for Sire and then he tweets back to correct himself saying for sure I mean well the, the, the play he made for Lautaro Martinez to score the goal for racing mm. was the the play of a perfect winger I've not seen it, so I can't comment. It was just very good. He started from the from a like a normal left midfielder and uh, made a very good dribbling to the to the defender of Huracan and got a perfect cross for Lautaro Martinez, who of course made a very good uh, how do you say anticipation? Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, he anticipated it well. The the the, the, the defender and it was a very good goal. And the play that Acuna made was just perfect. So I will say yes. Not for Let's not not for the for his that is perfect the perfect uh, winger, but at least that play was of of one perfect uh, winger. So it's a qualified agreement then yes. with Darren. Uh, Chris Hartley says I've been reading the excellent Angels with Dirty Faces by Jonathan Wilson, available in all good bookshops near you, and I've just read about La Machina. How good were they as a team? Um, the honest answer to that is that we can't actually tell you because I'm 32, Andres is 34? 37. 37. Thank you. Uh, either way, we're far too young to have seen them, um, which was my point. Sorry, I didn't mean to remind you that you're older than me, Andres. Um, but uh, no, they're, they're certainly good enough to be widely regarded here in Argentina, um, including by some many perhaps but certainly at least some um, fans of clubs other than River as the best forward line in the country's history um, obviously not for the national team but for uh, a club level uh, they're tremendously influential of course 
and uh, you can find lots and lots about them, including on my blog. When I used to write things on my blog, I wrote at least one or two things uh, regarding La Machina and members of La Machina. So if you go to astelgolsiempre.com and search for that, you will uh, you'll find them, some some bits about them. Um, so yes, that's that one there. Daniel Edwards, English Dan, asks, what's with the exclusion of myself and Peter from the Avesaneda Classico edition? Thus reminding me that we still have to have that chat about the Avesaneda Classico. Uh, the answer to that, though, although Dan's not actually listening to this, uh, is that they were both invited and they both said that they couldn't come on it. So it's their fault. Um, Remy has, already, uh, has asked a question that we've already answered. How much time has Gashado left at River? As I read that one out earlier. Um, and we have three new notifications. Liam Kelly, no relation to me, says happy belated sixth anniversary. Thank you very much, Liam. And he says keep up the good work. Thank you very much again. We'll try to. Is it wise to have the Clásico as the late game on Sunday? I didn't realise it was the eight o'clock game. Um, this seems like a good excuse to talk generally about it's it's Racing versus Independiente, isn't it? It's Racing at home. Yes. Um, as we said already, both managers are under a lot of pressure. Both teams, therefore, are also under a lot of pressure. Um, and I don't get the sense that either team have... Well, I, in fact, no, I don't get the slightest sense at all that either team have t- turned against their manager. Um, so I don't think that we're going to see, as you sometimes do see, a team making a bed for a manager, as, as we call it here, and um, you know, lying down and, and getting the manager sacked, particularly in the Classical. All the players seem to be fully behind the manager's ideas, well, okay, all or, or nearly all. Um, and it's just not quite going right for them yet. And I think that, that really, although it does suggest that there's a chance of the quality being even worse than it often is for Argentine Clásicos, um, I do think that it makes it really interesting for this game because I think we're going to see two teams who are both desperate to get a result for the new boss. Yes, that 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 of of a bad sentence you can you you, you can uh, uh, say well it's they they played so so badly that that they don't want the coach the coach to continue, but in this case and and so important matches like a classical uh, players, I think they know and or, or or if they don't they should know that if they don't do their best effort, uh, they they are also being selfish, not not. Not with the uh, the coach. They are being silly with them mm. because their careers are not safe like they like they used to be. Uh, that they are for sure into a team for uh, I know uh, long periods of time. Now they can because of a single match that they didn't play the the way they should have played. They could uh, not continue in the club, and and that is something that I think they they, they know and. So that of the bed, well, you can sometimes say that they, or 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 believe that the the players didn't do or didn't give everything they had, but I don't believe in those things. Yeah. No, normally, perhaps sometimes I can say well that that the player uh, was uh, uh, incredibly slow or they do didn't do what they should have do, done, but uh, normally I don't think in or believe in, in the votes <coughs> to the coaches. And more generally, in terms of Sunday's game, um, what are we expecting? I mean, to be honest, I'm expecting a bit of a kick fest because that's what classicals normally degenerate into here. Um, 
And with Independiente matches often being dull, I don't think it's going to be great football. No, but both teams w uh, will be uh, will be demanded to to be on attack, right on attack, and and uh, well, that will be hard for Racing in in terms of of uh, being the the one who pushes Independiente, because in the in the previous matches they shouldn't have uh, done that. Uh, they they didn't do that. Sorry. Mm. Uh, They try to well perhaps score a goal, which is not easy, but then to give the the ball to the to the rival. And in this case, they should be careful not to be on their back, not to to be on their side, because uh, uh, well, the the supporters and the and the uh, the environment in 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 Racing is not uh, ideal. Even Lisandro Lopez has criticized. That uh, in the 58th minute against Huracan, they were all like colgados del travesaño. Uh -huh. uh, like they were hanging off the crossbar. Very, very defending. And well, if Lisandro Lopez, which is who is the captain, says that, says that I think that uh, that's something to 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 check. Favorites? No, I think it's it will be a draw for me. I I make I think Racing a. Very, very narrow favourites, largely by because they're being at home. Uh, being at home? Because they're playing at home. This is a language I speak all the time. Come on, I can do this. Racing are favourites, largely because they are playing at home. Um, but it, it is narrow, particularly with, with the lack of goals, I think, in, you know, particularly in Dependiente, but also in, in, in a fair few Racing games this season. Um, I don't think it's going to be high scoring. Um... To differ a little bit from what you've said, I'm going to go for a narrow Racing win. I think that they'll nick one, one nil. Let's say. Um, I don't know if if, if Bo will be there because last uh, last match he couldn't be in, in the against Huracan because of the homage to Milito, and he was injured and played it anyway. And, well, of course, yeah, you're right. Uh, let me just check that quickly. According to Ole, as of now. Uh, Marcos Acuna will be playing having overcome a fever um, and Gustavo Bo, Licha Lopez and Ezequiel Videla are all at Ricardo Sielinski's disposition so well, they could all play so yeah, that's a big in that case yes I think he's, uh, I, I agree that he's narrow narrow favourites because Bo and Lisandro Lopez I think even with not being uh, spectacular at scoring goals, uh, I think you are more reliable in that at that point than Vera and uh, Milito is trusting on on on, 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 on I don't remember the name of Barco the kid who is very very good but he's a kid and he's he doesn't doesn't play as a striker he's more like a offensive midfielder. Yeah. And Vera as the only striker. I don't know if Dennis will will be will be there, but, but uh, yes, I think that with Bowa Alessandro Lopez, Racing has a, a a small difference, a small advantage. Indeed, yeah. In fact, funnily enough, we just as you were talking got a question tweeted in from John Ewan. Hello, John, um, who I was hoping to meet up with at the weekend, and unfortunately was unable to. Um, because he had a flying trip through Buenos Aires after going to Argentina, Colombia in San Juan last week. Um, last week? 
two weeks no last week it was last week of course it was um, but hello John hope you got I'm glad presumably that you did get home safely if you're tweeting me um, who says that he was really impressed by Ezequiel Barco on Sunday he asks what do the Argentine media think of him could he be the next big thing I've not we have to expect I, I've, I've not heard too much talk about him just at the moment but I did see um, a little bit of I think it was a studio of football earlier on day say um, in which one of the pundits was, uh, I was about to say saying, but with a studio of football, they're normally shouting that uh, Independiente is basically Barco más 10, Barco plus 10 at the moment. Um, I think that that's probably fair to say, because as we say, as I said earlier, Independiente are, are really spectacularly boring most of the time. Um, and when they do have a moment of quality at the moment, it's tending to come through him. Well, he has ability, he's good, but he's, sometimes he's alone. Because mm. no one... Exactly, yeah, he's not got the... Much like we were discussing about Messi for the... Na- I'm not comparing him to Messi, just calm yes. down a second, but um, much as we were dis- discussing with Messi for the national team last week, he's not got the people running beyond him yes. because everybody's just staying behind. So he's only really got one person to look for ahead of him, whether that's him and then he saw um, uh, the other one, thank you, uh, Diego Berra. Um, and that doesn't help when you're a playmaker. Yes, especially with a, not a very good moment from Martin Benitez, who is another who plays in similar positions with like, like an offensive midfielder, trying to be the playmaker of the team, mm. a, along with uh, with Barco. But he's not good at, at this moment, so Barco is pretty alone. But he's good. But we have to expect him because Argentine media and Argentine supporters and Argentina, especially, uh, specializes in in. Uh, Marking players that are that have played well a, a single match and saying that he's the future and he's the, the best, and when he plays oh, a, a, another match you know, not at the same way, well, well he's not a good player. He he made us believe, and we have to expect because it's I don't know if ten fifteen matches it's few matches, uh, but he's good. Yes, if you yeah. ask me whether he's good or not, yes he is. Yes, whether it's the next big thing or not is is a much bigger question, and um, time will tell. We're talking about a country which spent twenty years looking for the next Maradona, with every young number ten who came through, and then when they eventually got him, they called everybody else the next Messi, and they're going to be doing that for the next twenty years probably. Um, so let's take some pressure off and say no, he's not the next big thing, and hope, fingers crossed, that he proves us wrong. Um, Liam is also back for one final question before we go to our mystical predictions. He says, Vélez versus Defensa Justicia was a week early due to Ciro y las Persas at their stadium. Is Andrés a fan of Ciro y las Persas? Not, las Persas not that of los Persas. Los Persas. Los Persas sorry. Not that of a fan, but uh, yeah, I, I think he's good. It's like uh, rock, Argentine rock. And, and he has been with a very important... Uh, career with uh, Los Piojos, a, a former uh, group that he used to be the leader and now he's alone or with another band that he called Zero because of him and Los Persas. Uh, I will also say, by the way, that the uh, because I'm a tremendously pedantic person and some people who listen and know me will be aware of this, um, asking Andres to correct the uh, gender of Persas was, was not me, RC 
um, uh, correcting Liam, it was in fact me correcting myself because uh, Liam did write Los Perisas and I assumed that it was wrong, said Las Perisas yeah, and then realised I was probably wrong. It's natural <laughs> because in English, of course, you'll say the gender is the same. Indeed, and but uh, that's not really the point. When we're talking okay. in Spanish, I, I like to get these things right and uh, I didn't. So, sorry and thank you for correcting me. Okay. Um, and now we have some mystical predictions for the weekend ahead. This week's are from Michael Walton. And here is Mystic Michael's theme music. Mystic Michael sounds really good. It's a nice piece of alliteration. Anyway... Michael is going for um, on Friday Tempele versus Lanús is an away win for Lanús Tacheres versus Arsenal he's calling a Tacheres victory I don't think that's too controversial uh, I think that's a perfectly fair call Saturday's matches Colón versus Newells is a draw Tigre versus Quilmes is a Quilmes win Danfield versus Estudiantes is a draw that's an interesting call Atletico Tucumán versus Belgrano. He's going for an Atletico Tucumán win. He's going for um, Rosario Central versus Olimpo to end in a draw. On Sunday, River to beat Huracán in the Monumental. Aldo Civi to beat Vélez Sarsfield in the uh, Minela. That is, yeah, I was about to say in whatever their stadium's called, but it's called the Minela, isn't it? Uh, Sarmiento to beat Godoy Cruz in whatever Sarmiento stadium is called. Um... What does that say? San Lorenzo to beat Boca Juniors uh, in the Nuevo Gasometro and thus keep up their very impressive winning record against Boca. Um, and Racing versus Independiente, he is going with your prediction, Andres. He's saying that's going to be a draw. And on Monday, there are three matches. Uh, Michael is going for an away win for Patronato against Defensa Justicia. He's going for a home win for Gimnasia against Union. And he is going for a draw in San Martín versus Atletico de Rafaela which is some sort of relegation battle I suspect what do you think of those Andres? I have earlier differences which are I think Central will win I don't remember I, I thought that when you mentioned the match I don't remember now the rival uh, and to San Martín to defeat Atletico Rafaela Central uh, playing Olimpo yes and Estudiantes uh, 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 yeah. to beat Banfield then it's, I think it's okay. Yeah, so I, I would pick those three out as well as the three that I might have some issues with. Also, uh, no, I think Huracan are pretty bad at the moment, so I'd, yeah, I'll bat River to beat them, I think. Well, River too, uh, and they will have another... Maidana finally won't be playing that much because uh, they, won't, they will be... They want to make him be at the... Against Gimnasia, I think that's another thing we don't must forget to mention. Uh, for Copa Argentina against Gimnasia mm. next uh, Thursday. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I will look up the schedule right now. In fact, because next week, uh, as in fact, Andres, I'll let you say that because you yes. were saying it already. Go. Uh, no, that that Maidana won't be playing against Huracan because of that. Because they won't be, they want to have him ready for for that uh, more important match, of course. Uh, so I don't know whether the defense the defense will be, which is awful normally. Or usually the, uh, the last matches, and so I, I don't know whether how it will be, but yes, Huracan also is awful. So <laughs> yeah, um, 
I think I said Copa Sudamericana a minute ago. I meant to say Copa Argentina, just to avoid any possible confusion. Um, the Copa Argentina semi-finals are both going to be held next week, which annoyingly, given the time that they're kicking off at, means that we're going to have to record Hand of Pod um, next week before either of them have been played, and the episode is going to come out after the first of them has been played. But at least we'll be able to record the following week knowing who the finalists are going to be, and we'll be able to preview the final, hopefully. Although they'll probably have it on a Wednesday night again, but hopefully that'll be in a bit further into the month. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. The semi-finals, just to remind you, are Belgrano against Rosario Central and River against Gimnasia. The first mentioned of those is going to be played on Wednesday night at ten past nine, um, Argentine time, obviously, which if you're in the UK is ten past midnight, and if you're in the United States is ten past seven um, Eastern Standard Time. The other match will be played at the same time, the following night, Thursday night, slash very early Friday morning if you're in the UK or Europe. Um, since the next episode, as we say, is going to be going out before, uh, sorry, after one of these semi-finals has been played, let's go now. What do we think the final is going to be? Central against River. Yeah, well, well, that will be more natural, the most uh, previewable final. Uh, I, it's, if, it's the boring prediction, but yeah. it's the one that is probably you know. Although you know, Gimnasia and Belgrano are both at this stage for a reason, and that's because they've been doing rather better in the cup than they have in the league in both cases. Um, so we hope for some upsets. Just. Well, we hope for one upset. Yes. The other one, no, let's have the favourites winning it, please. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, Chapicoins versus San Lorenzo in the Copa Sudamericana semi-final, which might have been what I was thinking of because I was looking at the television whilst I said that a minute ago, um, is currently nil-nil in the second leg after exactly half an hour from... This is irrelevant, really, but right now... Um, Remember that uh, the first leg finished 1-1. So as it stands, San Lorenzo are going out on away goals. But stick around, and after the theme music, I will tell you what the final score was, and therefore whether San Lorenzo are in the Copa Sudamericana final or not. Um, I think that that's it. I think that's, that's everything. We have astonishingly managed to complete two halves of almost equal length. We have not quite been recording this all for 45 minutes, but it's been... 40, just coming up to. Um, so it wasn't a short podcast this week, for which I apologise, but we hope that you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening, once again. Um, and goodbye, first of all from Andres. Thank you, goodbye. And secondly from me, goodbye. Full-time score time, it's uh, finished Chapicoins nil, San Lorenzo nil, which means that uh, the first leg having finished 1-1, Chapicoins are through to the Copa Sudamericana final on away goals. It's the first year since 2012 in which neither of South America's Continental Cups will be won by an Argentine club.